Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast in the class today, a dedicated loving memory of Ronen Levy. Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Ronen Ben Margalit, sponsored by Michael Abdan. Breakfast as well is dedicated loving memory of Rachel Safti. Alea Shalom, Rachel Sabuth Bat Margalit. Alea Shalom, sponsored by Marilyn and Daniel Safti as well. Breakfast dedicated loving memory of Lilu Nishmat Yosef Moshe Ben Rabbi Meir. Alava Shalom, sponsored by his son Rafi Dagan. As well, Le'ilui Nishmat, Devora Shifra Bat Miro. Rabotai, there's a fascinating story over here that begins in our parasha and I think has hashlachot, has ramifications for us as the Jewish people for many, many years to come. And that is the tiny little element of the story which might even go unnoticed unless you were paying attention or listening to this pod slash videocast, okay? We find a conversation between Hashem and Yaakov Avinu. God says to Jacob, he says, look, it's time to go. You ready? Go back home, go back to Israel, go back to the place of your birth. You know, you're ready. Time's done over here. Yaakov calls his wives in and says, so, like Sammy did this morning, who wants a 7.30 minyan? Who wants an 8.30 minyan? 6.30 we didn't ask for. That's the other minyan, okay? Now, Rabotai, what's fascinating, again, what's so interesting about this is, Yaakov has already been told by God what to do. Just now, someone asked me if I want to go spend a Thursday uh, Thanksgiving uh, night. They're going out to eat. Could you come? What did I answer? So I got to ask my wife. Do you know why? Because it was Sammy that asked me. But what if God said to me, look, I'm going to reserve cut uh, tomorrow night, you know, and uh, I have a private room booked out. I want to invite you. What am I going to say? I got to ask my wife? God asked me. (laughs) Well, I got to ask Sammy first. Who do you think arranged it? (laughs) Hashem calls Sammy. He says, could you get me a reservation? (laughs) All right. Now, God did not fly commercial. He's not coming SpaceX, right? He came uh, private jet. Okay. Now, the point is, Rabotai, we're sitting here looking at a story which seems very odd. When God tells Abraham to go do the Akedah, he doesn't say, let me go ask my wife. So what is Yaakov? What are we meant to learn, to understand, from the fact that Yaakov Avinu, when told to go from Israel, comes to his wives, and his wives say, yeah, you know, it's not so nice. Our father's not treating us so well. You know, he basically sold us down the river, you know, just for the sake of getting some, uh, something for, some extra benefit for himself. We're ready to go. What, what, what's that supposed to mean? And the Shilah Kadosh writes something unbelievable. And he says, Although the reason why we do the things we do is because they are just and they are correct. Although the reason why we fulfill the mitzvot is because they are the right thing to do. It's imperative for the continuity of mitzvot that not only is it the right thing to do, but it is the best thing to do. If you don't recognize that the mitzvot are here for your benefit, that you are living a better life because you're living, doing the mitzvot, that you are get, getting some sort of benefit, if you don't understand that, that's not your motivation, but if you don't understand that, it becomes very difficult. To live a life of fealty, sworn to God when you think actually every time I do something, it's coming out of my pocket. It's costing me. So Yaakov Avinu, he knows that God's commanded him. 
But he goes to his wives, the Shlach, Adosh writes, and he says, do you guys want to go? And they say, yeah, it's the best thing for us. And he says, you know something? Hashem commanded us to do that. And now they're able to not only do what Hashem wants, but also understand the tremendous benefit that they themselves are reaping from that mitzvah. Rabotai, uh, there's an unbelievable example of this concept as well, an exposition of this that's shared by Rabbi Pruzanski. He says the following. He says, you know, later on in the parasha we read about uh, how Leah and Rachel are going to start setting up the Jewish nation. Leah has child after child after child. And she realizes, after she's had six children, that if she has one more child, one more of the Shivatim, then her sister Rachel will have less than either of the Shifachot, than either uh, uh, Bilha or Zilpa. She's got, they knew there was going to be 12. She's got six. You know, Bilha has two. Zilpa has two. How many are left? Two. If she now has, she's pregnant. If she now has another baby boy, what's going to happen? Rachel's only going to have one. She'll have less than the other wives. Le'ah praised HaKadosh Baruch Hu that her sister should be spared. Look at these two sisters. Rachel looking out for Le'ah's embarrassment. Le'ah looking out for Rachel's embarrassment. She prays to Hashem and Hashem switches the ubar. The baby that was supposed to be another boy was supposed to be another one of the Shivatim becomes in the womb of his mother becomes Dina. So the question he asks is a very powerful question. What a beautiful story. Isn't that magnificent? You'd have imagined that Dina should have become the most famous of the Imahot. Dina should have married uh, Rev Shlomo Zalman. I don't know. Right? There should have been some amazing. And what happens to Dina? She's taken by Shechem. She's raped by this you know, this low life, she's kidnapped against her will. The Pasuk says that Shechem is speaking to her, right, it's crazy. How could it be that the outcome of such a beautiful mitzvah, a beautiful chesed was something that was so difficult? Is that not a great question? Sometimes you read a question and you think, wow, amazing. I read this question from Rabbi Prusansky, I was like, brilliant, I love that. Well, I don't love it. It's very heartbreaking. But it's a great question. But Rabotai, the answer is even more powerful. You know, he tells a story about a young man who wants to go desperately to the local Jewish school, but, you know, people love to complain about the fact that Jewish schools are so expensive. It's one of the top ten complaints you get. And I always wonder, I always like ask them back. I said, do you realize that on top of their English schooling, they're basically going to another whole school? Like there's another whole set of teachers, another whole curriculum, tests, projects, all these different things that they're doing to communicate and to teach the Jewish religion and the Jewish culture. It's, another, it's like another school built on top of the school. So when the government pays for public schooling, and you pay almost nothing, I understand. But a private school, in order to have the right to be able to teach about our traditions, about our religion, so not only do they lose out on the 
public school money, they wind up now having to build on top of another school. So each kid you send is like you send two kids to school. What do you want from them? That's the price. No one is, no one's getting rich because they're, you know, they're, they're teaching in a Jewish school. You know, that is not the career path to, to, to fly on jet set. Rabotai, this young man, unfortunately, the family had no money. He really wanted to go. The, the people from the school, the principal, re- recognized that this is a great kid and he shouldn't be kept out because his parents can't afford the money. They accepted him into the school tuition free. They told the father, Dachilak, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> right? But this is a Jewish kid. I don't know how many schools that I know of that have made quiet concessions to be able to give a child a Jewish education. These are, the people that are running these Jewish schools are heroes, and they do not deserve the flack um, that they get. Rabotai, this kid flourishes. He does unbelievably well. He goes to the yeshiva, he builds a beautiful Jewish home, and then when the time comes, he actually makes a fortune and he becomes a wealthy, upstanding member in the community. One day, he walks through the front door of the school and he says, could I please sit with the principal? The principal says, sure. He says, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I never forgot the kindness that this school did with me. I want to be able to give some other child the gift that was given to me. You pick a kid a kid that you interview for kindergarten, okay? And you let me know what the kid's name is, and I'm gonna sponsor this kid's schooling from kindergarten through high school. So for all of us moaning, right? Think about what that cost. That's, uh, you know, with the inflation. I don't know if it's a million dollars, but a lot of money. Today? Yeah? Okay, now, you guys, <laughs> you guys, it's a lot of money. But he commits to it. And he asked also for the name because he said, as the years go by, not only do I want to give the money, I need the Hebrew name of this child. I don't want to know the family name. It should be a gift matan baseter. But just give me the name. They give him the name. Meir Ben Shilomo. Whatever, okay? I made that up. Every morning, the guy, when he's praying for his own kids, he's praying for the success of this young man. He feels wonderful. Years and years go by, Rabutai, and he's standing at the engagement party for his daughter. And the young man, this outstanding Talmud Chacham that's engaged to his daughter, stands up and says, you know, um, I would like to you know, say thank you to my father, to my father-in-law for this amazing day. He says, but there's someone else I also have to thank, someone who I don't know. You know, I came from a very poor family and someone put me through this entire school system and if I'm sitting here as a Talmud Chacham today, ready to embark on a career to become a rabbi, I have to give thanks to everybody. So I want to give thanks to my unknown benefactor. Had that sitting there with his mouth hanging open and he's crying in the corner. All these years, he's been investing. All these years, he's been praying. And who's he been praying for? He's praying for himself. That's what the Shalah HaKadosh is teaching. You do a mitzvah and you think, you know what? I'm doing God the biggest favor. 
you know Hashem? Fine! <laughs> I'll keep Shabbat. Fine, I'll give tzedakah. Fine, I'll pray for Meir ben Shulamu. Who are you praying for, Rohi? God doesn't need you. He doesn't need it. This is all for you. He did this all for you. Sometimes we get to see it, and sometimes we don't. But we are supposed to take the times that we get the gift of sight and use those to illuminate the dark in the times when we do not have that answer at the ready. Rabbi Utai, I'd like to take you one step further on this journey in the way that he does. And listen to this. It is true that Dina suffers tremendously. It is true that Dina suffers with Shechem. But look at how beautiful God's ways are. That child that Dina had from this crazy story winds up going down to Egypt, being adopted by Potiphar and Potiphera. Ultimately, Asenat becomes the wife of Yosef. She gives birth to Menashe and Ephraim, who become two of the Shivatim. So Leah gives up one, and we're all asking, how's that fair? And Hashem says, Stana Shwaye. I'm sure God speaks Arabic, by the way. I'm sure. I'm sure he also speaks Yiddish. I don't know. I, I kind of feel if he wants to hang with his peeps. Like he has to know the word sketch and hazid, you know, and gishmak. Like, you know, exactly. Like, I'm sure when Hashem takes the big sadiqim from Ashkenaz around Gan Eden, he has to say to him, did I not make Gan Eden gishmak? Right? And I imagine, you know, I imagine if he tells, you know, if he brings around, you know, the Ben Ishchai with a turban in Gan Eden and he says it's gishmak, the Ben Ishchai is like, well, you know, we know had that. You know, she had that gishmak. Right? God speaks all the languages. So we find the beautiful thing that when a person does a mitzvah, a person who's mivater, a person who gives in, they never lose. A person who's sensitive, they never lose. Did Leah get the chance to see that with her eyes? We know that she did. She's counted. She goes down to Egypt. Right? And if she does, then she gets to see the two grandchildren the, uh, the, the Menashe and Ephraim that wind up becoming um, tribes, the Shivatim of Am Yisrael. Rabotai, that is the truest element, the idea that when a person thinks that they're doing for somebody else, ultimately, it always comes back and it's for them. So I'm asking from all of us today to just give a thought. In the way we speak in our homes, in the way we speak to our children, Instead of talking about mitzvot that we have to do, shifting the sprach, the language, to the mitzvot that we get to do, the unbelievable chance that we have to be part of the Jewish people. I have a running joke with someone in the synagogue. Today in the Beit Knesset, we want to give a big mazal tov to the Hurizade and what's the other family? Edvat. And the Edvat. Edvat. And the Edvat family on their uh, recent... Simcha, the what's it called, the Khatan, who's now joining us in the Beit Knesset, will be with us. This is going to be his minyan, Baruch Hashem. Okay? Unbelievable. Hazid, he comes, the first two days, no stability. One day the minyan is 7.30, the next day the minyan is 8.30, the 6.30 minyan is canceled. Everything is all over the place, it seems like. Don't worry, normally it's very stable, all right? So we're very happy to have him. Now, 
he's, he's here with us today, and, and Rabotai, I just, it's just it's such a powerful idea, this. When we talk about the mitzvot that we get to do, and I have a running joke with someone in the synagogue. So today, because of you, we said Yehishem. Right? We didn't say Vidui. Every time, this, I would, I would, we look around, he's looking for a, an excuse to say Yehishem. You know, we don't, especially Monday, Thursday, the extra thing, yeah, the one day you miss Yehishem, you know, as he's not here. I'm going to tell him we said Yehishem, he's going to ask me why, I'm going to tell him because you weren't here. No, I'm joking. Rabotai. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, I hope you're listening to this. We love you, right? So I have a running joke. And what's my joke with him all the time? Like, you know, he, we say, he say vidui. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I want to add the vidui to the ashamnu bagadnu. I want to add the, the fact that we didn't say Yehishem. Because I feel like that's also something I have to say sorry to him for. But Rabotai, in truth, it's a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake. You know, I just received an email recently from the airline, from, uh, from one of these guys that's all busy with the airlines, Dan's Deals. Anyone here signed up to Dan's Deals? This guy has the power to drive an economy. If he tells everybody, all the Jewish people, there's a sale on diapers, I'm buying diapers even if I don't have a baby. It's amazing, right? He really, he, he gets you excited to buy things that I never even thought I even needed, okay? So there's a quick shout out for Dan's Deals. I hope you give me a, I hope you get a shout out. Okay, now listen, we never say, never say that about a Jewish person, even, even as a joke. Okay, so on Dan's Deals, Dan's Deals put out a whole thing. It says, here's a list of all of the airlines that you have free cancellations. Yeah, and you booked to Miami, and then uh, the governor of Miami says they're closing down the streets. You don't want to go no more. Now you want to cancel, no refund, right? Here's a list of all of the airlines that will give you a free refund, your money back. All you gotta do is ask. Could you imagine? Now if I offered you a ticket for $200, which is no cancellation, or I offered you a ticket for $300 for cancellation, which ticket are you gonna buy? Three. No, no question. How do I know what's gonna happen? Especially un uncertain times, unprecedented times, right? Do you understand that? Rabutai. The chance to say vidui is a free cancellation list. You made a mistake, no problem. Come in the morning, say you want to change it, no cancellation fee. So on the one end, we're so busy trying to get out of vidui when actually it's such a beautiful gift. The challenge is changing your perspective and saying that if someone gave you a gift and said to you, Rohi, I have the biggest gift for you, but Amazon couldn't ship it to your house. I'm really sorry, but I found there's a post office two blocks from your house. Two blocks. Yani, you're on 65th, it's on 63rd. Could you go pick it up? We can tell them, no. How long does it take to walk two blocks? Five minutes each way, you know, three minutes each way, six minutes? That's less time than the gift that God gives us. Every day we don't say Yehishem. A gift of free cancellation. The question is, how are you choosing to see that? Now, Be'ezrat Hashem, one day we will be amongst the people, amongst the four people that lived in this world who never ever made Avon. Me will be me, and you, and Amram, <laughs> and Benjamin, like, you know, and Hanoch. It will be like the five, six of us will be in the elite crew, okay? But until that day, we need this gift. There's a problem when you complain about gifts. You know what happens? 
people stop giving you gifts. You know the story about the old guy, and we'll end with this, whose wife comes to him and she says, honey, it's my birthday. How come you didn't buy me a gift? And the guy, he says, what do you mean? He goes, last year, I bought you a gift for your birthday. I bought you those two plots. We, I bought you a plot on Harazetim. She says, yeah. He says, and did you use the gift that I gave you? <laughs> I'm going to buy you gifts for it. <laughs> we need the gift of Vidui. We reject the gift. What out? God takes the gifts back. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless us always to feel, not just to know that we're the chosen people, but to feel lucky, to feel joyous, to feel in our bones uh, that we were so blessed with each and every mitzvah and to do that mitzvah with that kind of simcha. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.